1: This is the Sue Freeze Show, the pursuit of passion, purpose, and connection. Now, here's Sue Freeze.
2: Hello, friends. Thank you so much for joining the Sue Freeze Show, and I'm I'm just so grateful to be here today. You know, it took so much to get into this studio today. Even though Katie here is saying that I was early, Um, it took everything I had to get here. There was so much happening to cause me to just say, you know what, I, I can't do this. I can't do this. I can't go. And you know what would have happened is the devil would have been successful because I don't know about you, but what I have discovered in my years of life is that when there is opposition, when there is something that's holding us from going or doing or being something, going somewhere to do something, to say something, to just take action in some way. Uh, that the devil doesn't want that to happen, especially when it's, of course, glorifying to God. He wants to do everything he can. And the stronger the message or the stronger impact that that whatever that is going to be, the devil knows it ahead of time. And he's like fighting and he does not want it to happen. So I have to tell you that we're in for a big one here today. And I don't even know the Lord. Holy Spirit, please guide me in everything that I say. Uh, my thought processes keep me in line. Uh, with your word and your will and help me to be the light in the darkness. That's my prayer. And I just know that I'm going to tell you a little bit about just my morning. And you're going to understand just how much the devil didn't want me to be here today. Um, I came into the office today and uh, I wasn't there, but just a few minutes and I'm looking around at who's at the office. And I realize some of my team is off doing safety meetings. So they're not normally they're there on a Tuesday, but they're not because they had to be, of course, somewhere else. And to help another company or another branch satellite office of E. coli termite and pest control. So, uh, I'm looking around, and I'm going, wow, how come there's guys still in the parking lot at eight? They started at 730. Hip, hip, hop, hop, you know, let's get going. Let's get out there and service our customers. Uh, then I walk into the office and the first thing I hear is our phones aren't working. Our phones aren't working. I'm like, what do you mean our phones aren't working? And they weren't working. None of our phones were working. Now, I have 15 people that are in a call center in Mission Hills, the Valley, and these people answer the calls of all of our customers, you know, and i I pay money to have the advertising run and i'm 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 making sure that those phones ring so that we can help more people because our goal is to get the word out to let people know about Ecola, to let them know that we're here to take care and service them and here we are with all of our phones down now, I have no idea why they're down, and uh so what I have to do is be resourceful and I have to figure out all right, who do I go to? where do I go? who do I call? just so that I can Uh, get someone on this because I don't have a clue on how to fix the phones. And so I uh, went into the office where my assistant Cynthia is. And I said, Cynthia, you know, the phones are down. She goes, yeah, yeah, yeah. So she's on the phone. She's trying to dial uh, this and that, whatever, because there's three different companies that we could call because we don't know where the problem exists. Is it at the beginning, at the middle, or the end of the situation? Are you with me so far? So this is a huge dollar impact uh, the office staff is sitting there, they can't take phone calls cause the calls aren't coming through. They can't make phone calls because we can't make phone calls out to our customers. So therefore, what do we do? So we have statements sitting there that we've been folding, stuffing and whatever, and realize that our postage machine had an issue. The uh, ink was not working and so we were waiting for another shipment. So here we are with these statements, which means money not being made. We can't, we can't get the statements out to collect the money. Again, you know, just another day. Uh, and so I'm thinking, okay, well, we got to get these statements out. Since the office staff can't make calls and can't pick up calls, then the best thing for us to do is to do what we can. What can we do? Well, we can get these statements out. So then we were trying to figure out where's the where's the stamps, right? We don't have ink for the postage machine, but we... Cynthia was kind enough and, and good enough. She's so good. She she went to the post office yesterday and, and got stamps. And I'm so grateful and so thankful for her willingness to, to do whatever's necessary. And we need that, don't we? In all aspects of our lives, don't we want to look for those people that are willing to do whatever it takes to get the job done? It's very, very important to have those type of people, whether it's at home, getting things done, or at work, or how about in ministry? How about that, right? There's, you know, they don't get paid, the volunteers don't get paid, but they're there because they want to serve. They want to serve. And we're called to serve, aren't we? We're supposed to be considerate and serve one another. And we're supposed to be looking for opportunities on how we can fill the need. So that was just, okay, that's one thing that happened. And there were more things that happened. And then I had another appointment come in that had to do with advertising and marketing, trying to figure out where we are, where we're going, how we're going to get there, and And what's that going to cost and so on and so forth. And so that's just the morning. All right. And then things just kept like growing from there. And, you know, when pressures hit, people decide or not even decide, but they have a way of reacting to whatever pressures come our way. And there's there has been times in my life where I just felt like I give up. I can't do this anymore. Lord, you tell me you're not going to give me more than I can handle. But this is more than I can handle. Have you ever felt like that? If you're tuning in right now, I just want to say thank you for doing that. And I want to say welcome to the Sue Fries, spelt like fries, one word, dot com show. And if you want to connect with me, I would love for you to do that. People say, why do you always ask? Because I'm looking for a relationship. I'm looking for connections. And if I don't ask, there's new people coming on to this show every day. I'm finding that I'm getting more men listeners and and higher in the age group. And it's wonderful. I mean, here I am, I'm thinking I'm talking to business owners or I'm talking to the mother or the woman. And here I am now, uh, there's a, a very large uh, arena of men that are listening to this show, and I thank you for doing that, and I'm hoping, well, I don't even have to hope because I know that if you find the show, that the Lord has a message for you, and the message that I'm delivering out of my mouth that I can hear me saying might have a different tone, it might have a, a different meaning to the ears to hear, Um to you individually. I know that I can listen to shows from two years ago, and because I'm in a different place, The message comes over differently for me, and I hear something different two years from now than I hear when I'm first hearing it out of my mouth. And I have to tell you, I listen to my own shows. Why? Because I'm my biggest critic, for one. I want to know how I'm delivering, what I could do better. I'm always assessing me uh, and the delivery. And also, I'm listening to what's being said. And I want to hear what the Holy Spirit has, because this message isn't only for you. It's for me, too. Because we're in this together, this life is a journey, and we are in this together. And when we have issues, we have a decision to make. We can flee. That's the easiest thing we can do is flee, right? But what's going to happen to those that we flee from, and what's going to happen to the situation? Wouldn't it be better to see us through the situation? Let's see through the situation. Let's get through it together. Then we can come together and assess what went right? What went wrong? And where do we go from here? Wouldn't that be true with relationships, too? You know, I have someone very close to me that their wife just called and said, I want a divorce. And I, I've kind of been concerned about this situation for a very long time. But to actually get that phone call and to be the one that's being told this firsthand first and to see this person just so broken trying to make it work, wanting to make it work, not knowing where to start, not knowing what to do, not knowing what to say. Me, on the outside looking in, I'm going, Dear Lord, give me the words. Do I say anything? Do I just be quiet and listen? Lord, what do I do in this situation? Because it's so painful. And we, as people who love other people, like Jesus loves us, is that we don't want to see people hurting. We want to hopefully kiss it and make it better, if we can, as a mother and a grandmother. I talk about that all the time. Boy, it sure was easy when we could just kiss the boo-boo goodbye. But it's not so easy now because our hearts and our our everything is involved in whatever it is we're involved in, whether it's business, ministry, a personal relationship, our parenting, wherever it is. And We're always questioning, aren't we? I know I am. I'm questioning, how are we doing? You know, could we do better? Always. We always can do better. But it's those that want to do better that look for the opportunity to improve. That was huge right there. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for that. Because there's so many of us that we just get numbed. We get numbed to whatever is going on, and and we think it's just going to go away. Listen. Listen. Those fierce conversations, those conversations that you need to have, there's some that I need to have right now that I've been waiting. And I'm asking myself, why am I waiting? I need to have these. So my my position right now and my commitment to you is that as hard as it's going to be for me to leave this station today, that I'm going to make um, that commitment. I'm going to hold myself accountable, and I want you to hold me accountable, too, that we need to make those tough conversations and get it out. You know, let's be real. Let's be truthful. Let's be honest. And uh, I have more one more than one conversation that I need to have. And I'm looking forward to it, even though it's not going to be easy. It might be very painful. But you know what? It's okay. Let's be vulnerable. Let's be vulnerable. Let's be real. Let's be truthful. And let's receive what the Lord wants us to receive. Can we do that? I know I'm. I want that. I want that for you. And I definitely want that for me. Coming in here, I'm saying, wow, I, um, I, I normally have a system in order to prepare for the show. And I, don't, I didn't have that coming in here today. But I will tell you that the amount of emotions that I'm feeling right now about somewhat feeling like I'm not measuring up. I'm not measuring up. I'm not being as good as I need to be. Um, I'm falling short. Do, can you relate to that at all? Is there any arena in your life? Where you're feeling like maybe you just haven't hit the mark. You know, we run the race to win the prize. And have we hit the prize? And are we running the right race? And how are we doing? And how do we know how we're doing? Those people that are around us, people that we deal with on a day-to-day basis, how are they feeling? How is their temperature? How is their value gauge? How are they feeling? Are they feeling appreciated? Are they feeling loved? Are they feeling understood? And how much time are we spending, you know, uh, evaluating that and taking care of that? This is the Sue Free Show. Thank you for joining the Sue fries Show. And I'd love to hear from you. Go to Sue fries, spelled like fries, one word, dot com. Go there and connect with me. Tell me what's going on. If you need prayer, let me know that. Anything that you need or you want to talk about or or if you need resources, just put it on there. I'm the only one that reads it. You don't have to worry. I'm the only one that reads these, and I'll respond to you um, as soon as I can. Okay? So uh, one thing that came up in my uh, thought process, in my prayer time on preparing for this show, I have like five different books here that have different things to talk about. And one of them is Victory. Uh, victory, because I'm having to tell myself that victory is mine, and I'm saying that you know um, we are victorious in Jesus' name. We can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. And and we just need to pray about it, and we t- we need to understand what it is we're we're dr- drawn to, and what we're trying to accomplish, and what God wants to accomplish through us. And as we do that, and as we draw nearer to Him, He is going to help us with that victory. Psalm 129, they have greatly oppressed me from my youth, but they have not gained the victory over me. Now, some of us might feel defeated. Is that you right now? Do you feel defeated right now? You know, it's okay. It's those that stay there. It's those that stay down and not get back up again that end up being really defeated. Otherwise, it's an opportunity. It's an opportunity for us to learn, to be better people, to be more humble, to be more sensitive. Just to, to have our hearts open, maybe even bleeding a little bit, to receive what God has for us. If there's something that he needs to show us through a relationship or through a, um, a situation where it's troubled, then, then so be it. So be it. But we have to learn how to get back up. Like I said, today, today was a day where I just wanted to cry. I wanted to cry, and I felt so down for a moment. And I thought, you know what, I don't have the luxury to cry right now and I can't quit. Quitting is not in my vocabulary. I cannot quit. I have to keep going. I have, there's too many people depending on, on me. And, and for much is given, much is required. Right? Isn't that what it says? For much is given, much is required. And guess what? The Lord has given me so much, so much. And much is required of me. It's overwhelming sometimes, but I know he's got me. I can't do this on my own. It's not in my power that I can do these things. It's in his power in me. And if you didn't receive that, I hope that you can play this back and listen again. That it's not in me. It's not me. It's him in me that gives me the strength and the power and the victory over whatever is coming at me. And believe me, there are, there's a lot that comes at me. And it's important that we surround ourselves with people that are safe, people that have got your back, people that consider um, the impact, the impact of the message, the impact of the work that's being done. And when you have people around you that understand that, there is a guarding that goes on. There is a warrior spirit that surrounds you. And it's really a beautiful thing to have that. But we have to be open to it and we have to be looking for it and receive it when it's there. Psalm 149, for the Lord takes delight in his people. He crowns the humble with victory. I'm very humbled. I'm humbled by what the Lord has done in me, what the Lord has done with Ecola, what the Lord has done, the people that work with me. That tell me the stories of how the impact of just knowing me and working with me has impacted their lives in a positive way. I don't say that to, to pat myself on the back because the desire is to share the Lord with them. And I do that whenever I can. I, do you need prayer right now? Do you mind if I pray with you right now? This is at work. Now, if somebody doesn't feel comfortable and doesn't want to, then all they need to do is say, not right now, or thanks so much for the offer, but I'll pass right now. And that's okay too. But when they walk out the door, guess what? I'm praying for them. I'm praying for them because I can. I have an open door policy. And the Lord has an open door policy for you that you can pray. You can talk to him anytime, day or night. He doesn't sleep And he's there for you, and he wants you. For lack of guidance, a nation falls, but victory is won through many advisors. Do you have many advisors? Do you have people that you can go to? My friend I was telling you about that has a wife that says, I no longer love you, and I want a divorce. I asked him, I said, do you have anybody? And he says, I have no one. Do you know how that pains me? Do you know how that pains the Lord? To not have anyone that they feel they can go to. They have no guidance, no advisors. It's a very painful place to be. Do you have anyone? Is there anyone? And if you don't have anyone, what do you do? I would say, let's just pray about it. Let's pray. Say, Lord, please bring the right person or persons into my life so that I can get the information and I can get the covering that I need so that I can move forward in your will that I'm not going to get waylaid by whatever's coming on, whatever feels like it's an overcoming wave that it's not, and and you can part the sea, and you can part this wave, and you can give me the victory. In Jesus' precious name, I pray. Surely you need guidance to wage war, and victory is won through many advisors. Again, that's another scripture, Proverbs 24, 6. Victory, the Lord's great victory over the nations. The word of the Lord came to me. It came to you, it comes to me. Now, not everybody's in the same realm of spiritual awareness, and I get that. You might be considering it. You might be on the fence. You might not be sure of what this is all about. And that's okay, too. It's okay, because you know the Lord, he's a gentleman, and he gives us free will for a reason. You know, he could just tell us what to do. He could direct us and have us be robots. He could do that. He has the power to do that. You realize that. But he wants to have a relationship, a personal relationship. He wants you to choose him. He doesn't want to force that on you. He wants you to choose it. And and the sad part is sometimes we have to reach such a bottom before we look up. And it's too bad. But if that's what it takes, that's what it takes. There's been times in my life where I... I wasn't able to get up on my own accord. I had an accident, a horse accident, and shattered my leg. And they were saying, you know, you could have a club foot. You might not be able to walk again after the surgery. And I said, are you the best surgeon? And he said, are you a high achiever? I said, what was your first clue? I said, I'm not trying to be rude. I just want to know, are you the best surgeon? Because I might be XYZ years old, but I still have a whole lot of life left. And I have a whole lot I want to do. And I need my legs. I need my legs. And guess what? I could have given up because everybody was saying things like, oh, how's your bad leg? And, you know, how's it going? And, you know, I was in a wheelchair. And do you know that in those times when we feel like we're knocked down, that the Lord is doing something in us? And let me just tell you what he did with me is that I had no idea what it was like for people that are in wheelchairs. Now, whether it's for a part time, short time or forever, Mine was a short time, but during that short time, it opened up my eyes and my heart to something that I would never have personally experienced if I didn't personally experience it. And it's that you're sitting at below normal height level, and that's where you are. So when you go into a party, first of all, you've got a larger uh, arena around you because you've got to make room for not only your body but the wheelchair with the wheels and the leg things sticking out and your legs sticking out. You don't want to bump it on anybody. and And, you know, it's just kind of a lot. I had to buy a different vehicle so I could get my wheelchair in my vehicle. There was a lot that went into this whole situation. But you know what I learned? I learned that people were uncomfortable. They were uncomfortable to look at me. They were uncomfortable to ask me what happened. It was just an uncomfortable situation. And I found that instead of being the social butterfly that Sue Freeze normally is in a party, I kind of pretend I'm a newscaster and I go in and I ask everybody what their what their life's like and what's going on with them. And I pretend I'm a newscaster, so I you know, it just is easy for me to ask questions and everybody wants to talk about themselves. It's just normal nature. And so I do that. I play that that role when I'm at a party. And when you're in a wheelchair, it's kinda of hard to do that. It's hard to get around. So I would sit against the wall. I would roll my, my wheelchair against the wall because I didn't want to be in anybody's way. So people would have to come to me, and a lot of people did not. Now, if I caught eyes with somebody and I gave a nice smile, then sometimes people felt that as a welcome mat, and they would come over and say, hi, and I'd say, hi, how are you? Uh, you know, and how did that happen and whatever, and it, it would be a conversation piece. But a lot of people, they won't even look over. They, they won't look. They won't look. And, you know, think about yourself and how you are, you know, with people in wheelchairs or that are on crutches or, you know, just have something that's like not your norm. Okay. And how do you respond? How do you react? Now I strike up conversation with any wheelchair person I find. I will say, hi, how are you? What happened? Tell me your story. And they love it. They love to tell the story. And it might be really new. And it might be very gentle and and kind of open, open heart. Um, and that's good, too. But, you know, you have to have the, the mind frame is that you want to shed and share God's love on these people and you want them to feel welcome. And I just have to tell you that I got back up and got back up again And I think that's what we are called to do, and victory is ours. And I just want you to know that no matter what you're going through right now, understand that victory is yours, that the devil has been defeated. Even though he's real, he is defeated. We will be back with more of the Sue Free Show right after this brief break. Have you noticed more insects or rodents in your yard? Or maybe in your home? Warmer weather means it's mating season.
1: Revealing the secret causes, surprising cures, and the untold truth about harmful indoor allergens. Written with the passion of a loving mother, wisdom of a successful businesswoman, and deep spiritual devotion, learning to breathe is a hero's journey for the parent in all of us. If your child suffers from asthma, this must-read book could save your child's life. Learning to breathe by author Sue Freeze. Available on Amazon or log on to SueFreeze.com. That's Sue, F-R-I-E-S.com, SueFreeze.com. You're listening to The Sue Freeze Show, the pursuit of passion, purpose, and connection. And here again is Sue Freeze.
2: Thank you so much, E.C.O.L.A. Termite and Pest Control, for sponsoring this show for over 13 years. I'm just so grateful and so thankful for E.C.O.L.A. The E.C.O.L.A. team has hit top 100 with PCT Magazine. Now, that is quite an honor and a privilege to be part of that top 100. Now, this isn't the top 100 for California. This is the top 100 for uh, North America, and there's only four companies that are recognized in California that have his, hit that mark. What does that mean to you, listener? What that means to you is E.C.O.L.A. is a company that cares. E.C.O.L.A. is a company that services from San Diego to San Luis Obispo. The Sioux Free Show goes all up and down the same exact areas from the San Diegans, Venturians, Orange Countyans, LAans, oh, Santa Marians, and Santa Barbarians, and I could keep going. Uh, and, and I just want you to understand that E.C.O.L.A. is there for you. We are an alternative treatment company. We do green. We do traditional. We never have to walk away from a customer. We just have to individualize the best solution for each given need. And because we have so many options and so many choices, we never have to walk. We can always take care of the problem. And I'm loving that that is uh the truth and that is the good news as far as E. goes. And so thank you. We are hiring and I just want to say that too because we need twenty people right now and I've just hired uh three new people. They they're just starting and I'm excited about that, but we still need more. We need technicians. Uh, You need to have a clean driving record. You need to have a great attitude. We can teach the skill. I just can't teach attitude. You either have it or you don't. And the attitude we're looking for is the one that's looking for the opportunity on how we can get the job done, do it right the first time, uh, be dependable, have integrity. Those are our core values along with a few more. Anyway, so uh, if you're interested, please contact E.Cola, and we'll be happy to uh, talk to you about that. TermiteLady.com is a way to get on the Internet and get to us and fill out that application. So that is the commercial, and thank you so much for that. So you are listening to The Sue Free Show. Sue free spelt like fries, when word dot com. And we're talking about victory and victory being ours. And that was the part one and part two. I'm just going to lead right in with that again. Uh, and, and there is a book that I read out of, and I'm going to start with that because I think it's so appropriate right now. It's called Jesus Calling, Enjoying Peace in His Presence by Sarah Young. And I referenced this book, and a lot of people have bought this book since they've been listening to my show because it's so good. What it is, is I I, I read the, the very beginning part of the person who wrote this book. Well, the Lord wrote the book. But she was the one that, that felt his presence and jotted everything down and did what he had asked her to do. And it's really a neat story. But I find I've had this book for many, many years. It was given to me by a girlfriend that I met at KKLA. Her name is Catherine. She gave me the book years and years and years ago. And now I give the book out and it's really fun. And I enjoy it a lot when I can share it with other people because she shared it with me. And it's been such a gift that just keeps on giving because the Lord does that. He does. He just keeps on giving. So here we go. And, and the amazing thing is, is when I read it, I'm reading for the date that I'm in right now and it is so appropriate and it goes along and I, I hadn't read this before now and so I think it's really appropriate uh, that I read it now. I read one scripture and I'm like, oh, that goes, but I didn't read the whole thing. So here we go. Are you ready? Try to see things more and more from my perspective. Now, this is the Lord speaking to you. Okay? He's, he's writing this. Okay? Let the light of my presence so fully fill your mind that you view the world through me. Now, that's a different perspective, isn't it, from viewing it from yourself? Okay, We all have our own glasses on. We all have our own perspective. But he's saying, let's view the world through his eyes. And I pray that. Do you ever pray that? I want to see with your eyes, Lord. I want to feel with your heart, Lord. I want to speak with your words, Lord. When little things don't go as you had hoped, look to me lightheartedly and say, oh, well, This simple discipline can protect you from being burdened with an accumulation of petty cares and frustrations. If you practice this diligently, you will make a life-changing discovery. You will realize that most of the things that worry you are not important. If you shrug them off immediately and return your focus to me, you will walk through your days with lighter steps and a joyful heart. When serious problems come your way, you will have more reserves for dealing with them. You will not have squandered your energy on petty problems. You may even reach the point where you can agree with the Apostle Paul that all your troubles are light and momentary compared with the eternal glory being achieved by them. A man's steps are directed by the Lord. How then can anyone understand his own way? And that's Proverbs twenty twenty four. For our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. So we fix our eyes not on what is seen, not on what is seen, but on what is unseen. For what is seen is temporary; what is unseen is eternal. That's Second Corinthians four seventeen eighteen, and that is the definition for faith. Also, it's that faith. That's what it is. It's, it's you know, it's not what you can do. It's not the evidence that you can see. What you can't see, what you believe. It's how you believe. See, so things come up in our workplace, things come up in our home life, things come up in ministry, uh, parenting, spouse, sisters, brothers, and so on, friends, right? And how we handle that, uh, how are we looking at that? Okay, and how much is it going to overwhelm us? How much energy? Is it going to take from our daily life? And if we keep our focus on what God wants us to focus on, which is eternal glory, which is his way, then a lot of these things. It's like I watched a show last night and they were talking about how this woman, she's a CEO and she was not very nice. She was kind of very shark She was like a shark and, uh, you know, cutthroat and whatnot. And she had come to make amends with somebody she had fired years and years and years ago. And, And this lady had a decision to make on whether she was going to forgive this woman or not. But when the woman told her that she was battling or is in remission of cancer, the whole relationship between the two women changed. Because the one woman said it kind of changed the whole perspective of what was important in life. And isn't it amazing how that, that can do that, right? Life or death, sickness and in health, those things can affect. And how we handle those things matter. So I'm asking you as I'm saying this to you, I am taking it in myself. Is that how important is it in the grand scheme of things? Whatever happened today with my phones being down and losing lots of dollars and trying to figure out how to get the stamps on the envelopes and get them mailed so we can get money in the door. All of these things, there's like, how important is it? And then relationships and how we handle the relationship in the situation. How important is it? And what's more important? Is it the people? It should be. It should always be the relationship. It should be more important. But sometimes in the moment. For me, maximizing, trying to get the most out of every minute, trying to get the most and trying to be profitable, which is what business people do. We, we try to make the most of every minute so that we can make a profit so that we can keep the doors open and keep everybody employed. It's kind of important, I think. But then, you know, what are we doing with relationships? Okay, do I need to take a step back? Do I need to breathe? What needs to happen next? And how important is it? Now, I have said uh, in the last two or three shows when I was in here, I was talking about the end goal in discipline versus punishment. It was a great show. Uh, But I was talking about the end game. You know, when we as parents, for instance, or as a spouse, but as a parent. And we say, you know, the Lord says to train them up in the way they shall go and they will not depart from it. Or if they do depart, they're going to come back. And that's the belief that we need to hold on tight to parents. But when we're training them, what are we training them? You do it my way or else? In the workplace, do we do it my way or else? Or, okay, this is what needs to get done. What are your suggestions? Or I don't care how you get it done. I just want you to get it done as long as it's with integrity, of course, but I'm not gonna tell you how to do it. I just would like to get this finished, this completed. In the parenting world, the lessons are the important part, being considerate, sharing, thinking about the other people, serving, looking for opportunities to help. Those are the lessons that we need to teach our children because I have adults that haven't learned this lesson. And people can be so inconsiderate. And it's very sad to me. And I'm sure I've been inconsiderate without even knowing it. I've been inconsiderate. But when I find out, or if I realize that I've been, I can guarantee you that I will go and I'll say, Man, I'm so sorry. I wasn't thinking like that. I didn't, that didn't even cross my mind at the moment. And then hopefully that other person's going to receive that. And hopefully we can move on from there. And that's a healthy relationship. Not always is that possible and not always does that happen because it takes healthy people um, to deal with these types of things. For everyone born of God overcomes the world. This is the victory that has overcome the world, even our faith. So do you feel victorious today? Because this is what the show was about, part one, is part two. Do you feel victorious? And if you feel victorious, Hallelujah. praise God you feel victorious today or even right now okay? because things can change they do change but what is it what does it look like to be victorious right what does it look like to be victorious I have this other book here and it's called Footprint Scripture with Reflections Inspired by the Best Love Poem so here's a question for you What does a walk with God actually entail? How does God want us to live? Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength. Do we do that all the time? Are we always doing that? These commandments that I give you today are to be upon your hearts. Impress them on your children. Talk about them when you sit at home and when you walk along the road, when you lie down, and when you get up. That's Deuteronomy. Deuteronomy is the book that I always think about, about turn, turn, turn. There is a season. There's a season to be happy and there's a season to grieve with others. Um, there's just a season for each thing. And, and so this is talking about, you know, what what we do and how we train and, He whose walk is blameless and who does what is righteous, who speaks the truth with his heart and has no slander on his tongue, who does his neighbor no wrong and casts no slur on his fellow man, who despises a vile man but honors those who fear the Lord, who keeps his oath, even when it hurts, who lends his money without usury and does not accept a bribe against the innocent, he who does these things will never be shaken." Those of you that are tuning in right now and don't know where you've landed, this is the Sue Freeze Show. Sue Freeze, spelled like fries, one word, dot com. Been on the air for about 13 some odd years, syndicated to go up and down Southern California and with the Internet all over the world. I have people in Europe uh, listening. I have people, you know, all over listening, and they reach out, and it's really wonderful for me to... Um, know where people are are listening from and what has happened. You know, like um, the message that the Lord puts on my heart, like this one's victory. You know, are we feeling victorious? And we are victorious in Jesus name. Amen. And the devil has no foothold. We don't allow him even minute minutes of our brain power. You know, I mention his name just because I think people need to understand that he is really there and he is real. You know, heaven and hell is real. There is a heaven and there is a hell. And there is devil and there's angels. These things are real. They're not just a storybook item. They're real. Many of these things that God has asks us to do go against our nature. Yet Nehemiah asks us, shouldn't you walk in the fear of our God to avoid reproach? The Bible urges us to consistently walk with the Lord, walking by faith, even when it's difficult live a life worthy of the Lord please him in every way bearing fruit in every work growing in the knowledge of God just as you received Christ Jesus as Lord continue to live in him receiving him is only the first step you understand that it's the first step you receive him into your life you you understand who he is and who you are in him but this is a journey and it grows with time like any relationship You know, I I was telling a friend, it's like when people say I'm falling in love, I'm like, that just seems negative to me to fall in love. I would rather grow in love. Okay. To me, growing in love means that you're going to love them more as you learn more about them. When you get more intimate, which is into me see, when you get into that other person, you see them and you love them anyway, unconditionally, you love them no matter what. You know, oh, that person snores, or oh, that person does this, or oh, that person does that. Yeah, okay, so what? Do you love them? And are you growing more in love with more time together when you learn more about each other? And there's a difference between like and love, isn't there? I mean, I want to like the person. I definitely want to love the person. But I love people that I don't really like too much, I just have to say. There's people that that I feel I, I love them from a distance but they're not people that I want to have near me all the time because maybe they don't they don't have my best interests at heart and maybe we just don't see eye to eye on it on the things that are like the most important for me such so as my love for the Lord okay if if there's people in my life that um, I, I pray for them and I love them and I will continue to pray for them but it's difficult because the arena that I'm in versus them, it, it's just a different place. So I'm gonna love on them, and I will be there if they need me. But as far as me like asking their opinion or or anything like that, I, I don't think they would be the people that I would go to for advice, for counsel, anything like that. And that maybe that's a good word for some of you. Maybe these people are people that you need to guard. Not not love, because yes, we are called to love the unloving. It's so easy to love on people that are lovable, but it's those that are unlovable that we're called, and we're called to forgive those that have trespassed against us, and that's one of these things in here that I have in here to, uh, to go. I don't know if I have time. Anyway, whoever claims to live in God must walk as Jesus did. We live by faith, not by sight. Walk while you have the light before darkness overtakes you. The man who walks in the dark does not know where he is going. Put your trust in the light while you have it so that you may become sons of light. Live a life of love just as Christ loved us. Health professionals suggest that people who want to become physically fit should try a consistent program of walking. Sustained walking several times a week will improve your muscle tone and strengthen your heart. The Bible reassures us that our spiritual lives will also reap benefits when we are consistent in walking with the Lord. Look at the many benefits a walk with God provides. Walk in all the way that the Lord your God has commanded you so that you may live and prosper and prolong your days in the land that you will possess. It's telling you what to do and what's the return. I will walk among you and be your God, and you will be my people. I remember a time when I felt the closest to the Lord, and this was a long time ago. I mean, I feel close to the Lord many times, but this one was exceptional, and it stands out in my mind because um, my son, who's now 40, was in uh, Little League, so that tells you how far along ago it was. And um, I always, you know, went to their their after school. I picked them up from school, dropped them off at school every day, picked them up from school every day, did the homework every day, made dinner every day, cleaned the house and went to their extracurricular sports activities or cheerleading or whatever they had. I did this every day, and it was important to me because I wanted to know how their day went. I wanted to know who their friends were. This is good for parents to do now. We should still be doing this, even more so when I, when I talk to my sister who has a 13-year-old right now, and I think about all the things that she's facing that I didn't have to face. I just, parents, I got to tell you, I applaud you because it's not easy. It wasn't easy then. It's even you know, more difficult now. Anyway, this time that I just remembered as I was reading these little little scriptures that are impactful and very powerful and uh, can change lives if we just really take heed and listen to what it's saying and do what it says. It's one thing to listen, and it's one thing to read something. But I told my inspectors today, it's one thing to read something or say, oh, yeah, that's pretty neat. But it's another thing to actually take action and do something because that's where that's where it happens. It's motion. It's where you actually... Take action and do something. Do something, okay? I'm parked in a gravel parking lot. I'm not kidding you. I think it was like 100 degrees. And I am – he had already gone. He had his bat. He had a, everything he had. His uniform was in. He was tucked in. It was, he was ready to roll. So he's there and he went to his, uh, his coach. And I am up in the top level of his park, parking um, gravel. And I'm walking and I'm talking to the Lord, and I'm praying. People must have thought I was talking to myself. But I was up there, and I was just walking along this gravel path, just me and God, me and the Lord, Holy Spirit, and I'm praying. And I have to tell you, I felt the most empower. I felt this powerment that came over to me, and it was just this feeling of warmth, not at the 100 degree weather, that's a whole different thing. But just this spiritual warmth that embraced me. And there's so many times in my marriage that I felt so alone. I felt married, but I felt alone. And I felt like, God, where are you? I just, I would really want to feel your embrace. Can I just feel your embrace right now? And you know, I was looking for those arms, you know, I wanted to feel the pressure of the arms like a hug, you know, I didn't get that. Now he did send people. That would give me nice, nice hugs, just hearty hugs. And that was his way of doing that. But this, this spiritual moment was a different type of hug. And it was very, very special and it just kind of imprinted in my mind and in my heart. It was my way of really knowing that he heard me and that I was his and that I was important to him and that he valued me as a person even though I felt like so much a failure in my situation and I just felt his empowerment his embrace I felt like he heard me and I felt important to him and you know it was life-changing right at that moment because I sensed his presence right with me you know that footprints in the sand where it says you know like where were you where were you Well, I was carrying you there's only one set of footprints in the sand because those are my footprints not yours I was carrying you during this time And what a wonderful, wonderful poem of how the Lord is. And sometimes you might feel all alone, alone again naturally. That used to be my song. It's not anymore. I've broke that and I don't even say it. I said it right now just because I want you to know we are not alone. We're not alone naturally and we're not alone again. We're not alone because the Lord is with us. But he is waiting for you to ask him to be with him. He wants you so bad. Just look up, reach up, ask him into your heart. And if you've already done it, how long has it been since you've actually been still and know that he is God? How long has it been since you've taken the time to just really feel and ask for his presence to be known, to feel his presence around you? I had a really tough morning this morning. So tough that I felt devastated. Uh, I shed a couple tears. I felt overwhelmed. I felt defeated and then I had to prepare for this show and the word that came was victory and I realized that I am victorious and even in the midst of everything that went on today I'm going to learn from it because that's what we're called to do I'm going to learn from every little thing that happens but I'm victorious and I'm not going to let anything knock me down I'm going to be a warrior I'm a warrior for the Lord and so are you if you want to be because he's not going to make you be that but he wants us to fight the good fight and to have the good news and to be ready and prepared with a word. I was going to talk about betrayal and I have things here, but I don't have enough time to really get into it. But betrayal is a big thing, isn't it? And whether it's, well, no matter what it is, betrayal is a big thing. And I've had betrayal, you know, I've had betrayal with stepfathers. I've had betrayal with friends. I've had betrayal of jealousy and, uh, just unlovingness and not committed. And I just want to say that um, we get through this together and we are victorious in Jesus' name. Be a blessing to someone each and every day. God bless you. And reach up, reach out. He's there. God bless you. Until next week. Bye-bye.
1: termites, rats and other pests. Call them at 877-332-BUGS. 877-332-B U G S. Ecola, powerful pest control services as gentle as a butterfly. Ask about their 2-year warranty. Call 877-332-BUGS.